Hey, ghoul friends. It's me, Adrian or Aiden. Either way, I'm still your host and you are still listening to Susto, the podcast of ooky spooky scary stories. Y'all, happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. It's our time. It's my time. Honestly, it's my time to shine. I've been working really hard on my costume this year. Normally I make my costumes, but this year I feel like I went all out. I spent like hours upon hours making it. I know it's so much easier to just buy one or like, I I, I don't know. It's just something about making my costume that makes me feel so happy. And this year it's no exception, except this year what I'm doing is I'm documenting the whole process and I'm going to post a video of the process of making the costume and then the final reveal on my YouTube channel. So if you didn't know that yet, I do have a YouTube channel. You can just search Aiden Cast on YouTube and my videos will pop up. I only have a few videos up right now because I just started. So I'm still like, you know, getting to the flow of like my rhythm or I don't know. I'm just, I'm getting used to it. So if y'all haven't checked that out, make sure you go check it out. And I hope that you like it. If you do, please subscribe, like the videos. Speaking of liking and subscribing, have you checked out the Susto Instagram yet at Susto Podcast? Because you can follow that for any and all updates on the show. I know I mentioned it a couple episodes before, but I am working on stickers again. I'm working with the company that I found online. We're just trying to get everything right. So when I get those, I will be figuring out how I'm going to get those to you all, how maybe you can purchase them or earn them, or maybe we'll do a little contest. I don't know. We'll see what we can do, but I want to get those stickers to you because they look pretty cool. So yeah, keep an eye out for that on the Instagram, or you can also follow the Susto Facebook page, which is just Susto Podcast on Facebook. So if you don't have Instagram, or even if you do and you want to keep tabs on any and all social media platforms, you can do that there as well, which is also a great place to share your own paranormal, creepy, spooky, scary, ghoulish encounters and experiences. And you can also share pictures and videos on, again, the Facebook. You can send them to the Instagram or you can send me an email at sustopodcast at gmail.com so that I can share those things on the official Susto platforms like this show right here. Also, another way to get your story out there is if you leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and in the review, you leave your story. That's the quickest way to get it done because I'm always checking those reviews. And if there's a five-star one with the story, I'm going to read it. I mean, as long as it's like, you know, like it, it's, a, it's a good story and it's not just some like some tr- some obvious trolling. But either way, if you like make something up and it's scary, I will read it because I love that spooky shit. Wasn't that so smooth? Wasn't that? I'm getting so good at plugging all of this. Anyway. Oh, also, before I forget Susto is now on Patreon. So if you would like to support the show, if you would like to invest in the quality of the show, you can do that by going to patreon.com slash Susto podcast. So you can decide on Patreon how much you would like to give to the show each month. That can be $1. That can be $3. That can be $5. It can be more. If you gave more than $5 work, thank you. I will, I will find a perk for you. Honestly, though, I want to find a perk for all of my patrons, for anyone that's investing the show in that way. I want to do something special for you all. Yeah. So I'm going to plan some stuff. We're going to see what I can do. Yeah. Please, please consider becoming a patron on patreon.com slash Susto podcast. Thanks. As you've seen in the title already, today's episode is about El Cucuy. And I know that we've all had different experiences with El Cucuy or just like hearing different stories. But I think the obvious trope is always like, oh, parents are threatening their kids that El Cucuy or El Viejito is going to come and take them away. Like I know that my parents would use that one on me. Whenever I didn't want to sleep, they're like, El Viejito's going to come for you. Or El Cucuy's outside and he's going to come in and take you if you don't go to sleep. So this is a really interesting story. I found some really cool stuff about this that I'll get into a little bit after uh, telling the story. But yeah, I, this one was a really cool one. I'm really excited that this is the Halloween episode because I think it's a great one. So without wasting any more time, we're just going to jump into it.
Making up stories to get kids to do something is a common practice throughout the world. Many of us have heard stories of the boogeyman or another creature that takes trouble causing kids away. In parts of the world like Spain, Cuba, and Mexico, this is synonymous with El Cucuy, who is known for walking up and down the streets at night with a black bag looking for children who misbehave. Using this story in rhymes or lullabies is popular, and many parents use it to encourage children to go to bed saying, Duermete niño, duermete ya, que viene el cuco y te comerá. Sleep child, sleep now, or else the cucuy will come and eat you. But what if el cucuy is not just a made-up story? The crime of Gador was the name given to the kidnapping and subsequent murder of a seven-year-old boy by Francisco Leona in Gador, Almeria. The purpose of the crime was to use the child's blood and body fat as a folk cure for a wealthy man's tuberculosis. At the time, it was believed that drinking the blood of a human child and using their body fat as cataplasm, which is a soft, usually heated and sometimes medicated mass spread on cloth and applied to sores or other lesions, was a remedy for tuberculosis. Francisco Ortega, also known as El Moruno or The Moor, had recently been diagnosed with tuberculosis and was desperately seeking a cure. He visited a local curandera, Agustina Rodriguez, who in turn sent for the barber and healer Francisco Leona. Leona, who also had a criminal record, agreed to cure Ortega in exchange for 3,000 royals, Spain's currency at the time. Leona and Julio Hernandez, one of Agustina's sons, offered to find a child. On the evening of June 27, 1910, Francisco Leona kidnapped Bernardo Gonzalez Parra, a seven-year-old from Rioja, drugged him with chloroform, and put the boy in a sack. The curandera's other son, Joseph Hernandez, was to advise their client, Ortega, of when it was time for the ritual. Little Bernardo's murder was as follows. After he was removed from the sack, in a daze, Bernardo was stabbed in the heart by Leona. Ortega mixed his blood with sugar and drank it. After that, they took the barely alive boy to a place known as Las Posicas, where Leona killed him, crushing his skull with a rock. Then, he extracted fat and mesentery, a set of tissues that attaches the intestines to the abdominal wall in humans to make a compress to apply to Ortega's chest. To finish the ritual, Bernardo's body was hidden in a crevice, unburied and covered with herbs and stones, located in Las Posicas. When paying the 3,000 for his services, the healer Leona tried and failed to trick his accomplice Julio Hernandez. Realizing Leona's intentions, Hernandez told the civil guard about the boy's body. Most of the perpetrators were executed by hanging. Francisco Leona was sentenced to death but died in prison. The client Francisco Ortega and Agustina de Curandera were both sentenced to death. Joseph Hernandez was sentenced to 17 years in prison while his wife, Elena, was acquitted. Julio was sentenced to death too, but received a pardon on grounds of insanity. Leading up to his execution, Francisco Ortega grew more and more angry, claiming that he was judged unfairly and attempting to justify his participation in the murder of little Bernardo as an act of desperation to live. In his last moments, he was full of rage, screaming and cursing that he was not done on this earth that he would kill as many children as he needed to stay alive. Promising to get revenge, he left behind a chilling warning. Keep your children off the streets, for if I find them in the dark, I will take them, drink their blood, and live forever.
Y'all, okay, before I even try to continue, I think I just caught something <laughs> in the background. Oh, while I was recording, fuck. I knew this day was coming. I knew it was all going to catch up with me and it's finally here. There's some spirit or something trying to make contact. Oh my God. I'm in my apartment, of course. Of course I'm in my apartment by myself because I always choose to record when I'm by myself because I'm like, oh, it, it'll be the perfect time. It'll be quiet. I won't have to worry about what I'm saying or no, this is the worst time. I'm never going to record again by myself because, oh my God. Okay. I'm going to put this in. I'm going to let you all hear it. I'll play it a few times. I'll see if I can slow it down or whatever. Just listen. Okay. So I was recording. I was trying to tell the story and I heard it as I was recording too. I heard it like in the room. I'm in my living room. And so I like tried to finish what I was saying. Then I took my headphones off. I looked around like my cats are here in the room with me. Like, and I mentioned the cats were in the room because like they're here in the living room. I saw them. It wasn't them. And oh my God, I hate this so much. Okay. Just, okay. Listen, the crime. What is that? What? Oh my God. What? Oh, Breathe, breathe it and breathe, 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 breathe. It's okay, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. So to me, I want you to just take a second. What do you think it's saying? I'm going to pause. Okay. I, to me, it sounds like a voice saying hello. Like, hello. I hear the hello. Or it could also be ow. But hello sounds closer to me. I'm so mad right now. God. And of course, and of course, it's the Halloween episode. You're welcome. You're welcome. Five star review. Subscribe. Share this with everybody because I'm going through this now for this show. Oh, God. OK, I'm just going to go ahead and jump into the context for this episode. So I did some digging as I do. And I just want to read really quick. Oh, before I even continue. Sorry. The websites that I used for this are, of course, Revolvi. Duves, Wikipedia, of course, and masterofmidnight.weebly.com. So those are the websites I used. So I wanted to find like just like a really basic description of El Cucuy because I know, like I said in the beginning, a lot of us, a part of the Latinx or Latin American community have heard different stories or have been threatened in different ways with the Cucuy. So the one that I found or the description that I found on Wikipedia related specifically to, to the Latinx culture or to Latin America, it, it says here in Spain, Portugal and Latin America, including Brazil, parents sometimes invoke the coco or cuca as a way of discouraging their children from misbehaving. They sing lullabies or tell rhymes warning their children that if they don't obey their parents, el coco will come and get them and eat them. So there's different pronunciations of el cucuy apparently. And I guess it depends on where you're from. And so here it says, it is not the way the coco looks, but what it does that scares most. It is a child eater and a kidnapper. It may immediately devour the child, leaving no trace, or it may spirit the child away to a place of no return. But it only does this to disobedient children. It is on the lookout for children's misbehavior from the rooftops. It takes the shape of any dark shadow and stays watching. It represents the opposite of the guardian angel and is frequently compared to the devil. Others see the coco as a representation of the deceased of the local community. The oldest known rhyme about the coco, which originated in the 17th century, is in the Auto de los Desposorios, de la Virgen by Juan Caxes or Caxes, Caxes. I'm pronouncing that so wrong. My ancestors hate me. It says the rhyme has evolved over the years, but still remains its original meaning, which I mentioned in the story. Duermete niño, duermete ya, que viene el coco y te comerá. 
So sleep child, sleep now, or else the coco will come and eat you. So yeah, here it says also there's a Portuguese lullaby recorded by Jose de Vasconcelos. It tells coca to go to the top of the roof and other versions of the same lullaby. The name of coca is changed to that of Papao Negro, black eater, the name of another boogeyman. And so the English version of this one it's Portuguese originally. It says, leave coca, leave coca, go to the top of the roof, let the child have a quiet sleep. There is a Brazilian one. And again, the coca is a female humanoid alligator here in this one. It says, uh, again, original version in Brazilian. And in English, it's sleep little baby, that coca comes to get you. Daddy went to the farm, mommy went to work. That is terrifying. Why? Why are people so intent on traumatizing their kids? This is terrible okay it says brazilians also have a boogeyman version which sometimes acquires regional colors where the boogeyman the shape-shifting bicho papau is a monster that is shaped by what the child fears most is a small owl or other birds of prey that could be on the roof of homes at night so again this is in brazilian but in english it says boogeyman atop the roof let my child have a quiet sleep that one's nice it's like a little protection prayer kind of it says uh, verses and songs were used in pre-roman iberia to transmit history to the younger generations as told by ancient authors. Salust said the mother sang the military feats of the fathers to incite the children to battle. He was later quoted by Servius, who emphasized that it was the role of the mothers to remember and to teach the young men about the war feats of their fathers. Okay, and so I do want to mention also that the story that I told, I mentioned a, a crime, the crime of Gador, which is in Spain. This all took place in Spain. Apparently, I was looking this up, and this is like a real thing that happened. Like this specific murder that Francisco Leona and Francisco Ortega they got together and they murdered this little boy because this guy was sick and he was a wealthy man of course probably thought he could get away with it and they murdered this boy for a ritual to drink his blood and use the fat from his body as a magical cure which like you know what i am all for alternatives to Western medicine. I'm all for like spiritual healing and all that, but I do not think that healing and magic or, or, or spirituality or whatever you want to call it should come at the price of hurting others or taking life from others, whether it's people or other animals or creatures or bugs or whatever. I don't think that you, I, I don't personally believe in that. I know there's people that do and there's people that do it, but, but yeah, point is this murder actually happened. And so some say that, this is this is like one of the origins of the story of the Kukui, even though it's from like the 17th century. And this happened at the turn of the 20th century in 1910. Some people still say this is a version of that because it's 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 this man that took this boy, took this child and killed him. And so maybe people were using that as like, well, if you don't behave, that's going to happen to you, too, which again much but be- there's much better ways to parent that is so fucked up but it, i guess it worked i mean it worked on me kind of i mean i grew up to be kind of a, a rebellious person but for different reasons anyway so i thought that was extremely interesting that a, ver- a version of the story is based on like an actual murder which is terrifying so you can look that up and i found this on wikipedia so who knows it could be made up but i, I i'm trusting it because i also googled it and there was there were other results that popped up I didn't really pick those apart, but still, um, whenever there's usually more than one source on something, I tend to like buy it a little bit more. Okay. So another version that I found two other versions that were extremely similar to the story of El Kukui. One of them is it's pretty well known. Actually, there was a movie that came out 
about this creature and I loved the movie. It was so campy. It was like kind of creepy, but it was really funny. It was just the perfect amount of camp. I loved it. Like I actually, I'm going to watch this movie, movie again soon because I thought it was hilarious. Anyway, but this creature is Krampus. And so in Central European folklore, Krampus is a horned anthropomorphic figure described as half goat, half demon, who during the Christmas season punishes children who have misbehaved in contrast with St. Nicholas. Okay, I'm going to pause there. This was a, a similarity that I saw between Krampus and El Kukui because Krampus is sort of the antagonist to St. Nicholas or Santa, Santa. And El Kukui is the antagonist to a guardian angel, as I mentioned in the Wikipedia page from before. So it's cool that there's like that little dynamic at play in both of these creatures stories. OK, so it goes on to say about Krampus that he, uh, well, St. Nicholas rewards well-behaved kids. Krampus is one of the companions of St. Nicholas in several regions, including Austria, Bavaria, Croatia, Czech Republic, Hungary, Northern Italy, including South Tyrol and the province of Trento, Slovakia, and Slovenia. The origin of the figure is unclear. Some folklorists and anthropologists have postulated it as having pre-Christian origins. In traditional parades and in such events as the Krampuslauf, I think I'm saying that right, Krampus Lauf, I don't know, which is English for Krampus Run, young men dressed as Krampus participate. Such events occur annually in most Alpine towns. Krampus is featured on holiday greeting cards called Krampus Karten. Krampus Karten. Like Christmas card? Krampus card? In? I don't know, maybe. So I th- this is really cool. And like, there's some like really cool depictions and like costumes that people use for Krampus. And I think it's interesting that it's like a celebrated thing because it's actually really terrifying seeing some of these pictures. I'm going to post pictures of this stuff on Instagram. So make sure that you follow that uh, at Susto Podcast. So one last thing that I found, this one is called the, again, I'm so sorry, I'm not going to say this right. I'm going to pronounce it the Namahag or Namahagi, Namahage. It's It's seen in Japanese folklore. It acts much like the boogeyman of other cultures by traveling door to door and punishing children who are guilty of misbehaving. Similar to Krampus, Namahage has evolved from a feared demon to a celebrated creature. Again, celebrated demonic thing. Interesting that it's not happening in the Latinx culture or the Latin American culture. On New Year's Eve, men dressed in traditional Namahage costumes, such as the one seen to the Ramana Poses picture, will go door to door in their village and ask if any naughty children live there. In response, family members will protect their children by assuring the Namahage that the children are polite and well-mannered. One very obvious purpose for this festival is to encourage children to obey their parents, which is a fundamental aspect of Japanese society. However, other interpretations of the role of the Namahage exists as well. For example, some believe that the practice welcomes great deities who in turn bring good fortune into the new year. So that's really cool. I love this. I love this stuff. It is so so cool to me how like I heard this story growing up never really thought too much about it and now that I'm doing this show I discover that obviously not only is it prevalent and present in the Latin American culture but it's also prevalent in Germany and all those places that I listed with Krampus it's also present in Japan with uh with a creature similar to Krampus that's also celebrated and it's just cool like how far this stuff reaches I guess I don't know maybe we should start celebrating El Cucuy you know like as, as a reminder to like be grateful and be kind and be good. And because there is a guardian angel out there for you, but there's also a cuckoo and he's always watching. He's always ready. So I don't know. Also, did you all ever, 
I still do this sometimes. I don't know it. I don't know why it freaks me out because it's literally nothing. But I remember like having sleepovers with my friends or cousins, and like we'd be like, okay, we're gonna go to sleep now. But like we would just like giggle in the dark until we knocked out. But one of my favorite things to do was like we would turn the lights out and we would be in that mood. As soon as it got like quiet, just like a few seconds of silence, I would just go, it still scares me. And I don't, I just thought I should mention that because it's so stupid, but that was, that was what it's like. It's still fun for me to do that. I'm like giddy right now just doing that. I don't know why, but anyway, it's, it's fun to creep someone up, at least for me anyway. I had a lot of fun with this episode. This this episode had everything, you know, it had a little bit of Christmas. It had other cultures. I potentially got an EVP, which I'm still freaking out about. And y'all let me know what you think that said. And if you agree with me and what you think about it, you see, like, I don't want to be experiencing these things by myself. But if you have experiences, please send them in. You can do that at sustopodcast.com. Or you can do that on the Instagram or Facebook, Susto Podcast. Or you could leave a five-star review and write your story on Apple uh, Podcasts. And I will share your stuff. I will share your pictures, your videos, your stories on the show, on the social media platforms. So yeah, also y'all, please do not forget that Susto is now on Patreon. So you can go to patreon.com slash Susto Podcast or just search Susto on Patreon. And please consider becoming a monthly patron. I would really, really appreciate it. I work really hard on the show. I have a lot of fun with it and I would love your support. I would love for you to invest in the quality of the show. Like I said, I'm working on stickers and that's because I got like a few little dollars and I found a deal online. So I'm, I'm putting that directly back into the show and I want to keep doing that. So please help me do that and behave. Okay. Bye. Bye.